0: Hi all Double G from Fight Game Media here, letting you know that we have a sister podcast feed to the one you're listening to right now. Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva have been doing a podcast called Brace for Impact, which is now on a free feed of its own. You can search for Brace for Impact in your podcast player or check out the link in the show notes. And if you want more Brace for Impact, you can find more from Mike and JD On our Patreon.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I am Paul Fontaine and with me as always is Ryan J. Frederick. And Ryan, we just had a week off and it's... no, no rest for the weary because we have another show coming up this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, right? I'm in a, I'm in a great mood because the Packers won this weekend, and and so you know that's <laughs> that's a, that's got me in a great mood all all the time. I like football this week. You know when they lose, I hate football. And I, how are how are they doing? Are they are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah, they're nine and three right now. They're currently. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're currently. Uh, uh, well, Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals are nine and two, but but the Packers beat them. So if they, so you know, they're kind of the top seed in the NFC right now, and and their their division's bad. Their division's bad. The Bear, yeah, the Bears are terrible. The Vikings are five and six. The Lions haven't won a game game. So it's you know it's a cakewalk. Yeah, they're what o ten and one o ten and one, and I think the Bears are like three and eight, yeah. and and the Vikings are five and six. It's just yeah, so. I, I haven't been following
1: like super closely. Obviously, I had no idea how the Packers were doing. I knew the Lions were winless. I know that I know that there's like a decent chance we're gonna get Tom Brady and uh, against the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl.
2: Um, You know, obviously you're hoping the Packers block Brady, but yeah, I don't, um, I don't think Tampa Bay's as strong, but I mean, I didn't think they were, they were strong last year and they went on a run in the playoff yeah. playoffs. So who kind they of looked pretty good this week. And, and yeah, New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, that AFC. that AFC, you know, for those who are following football, that AFC, nobody really wants to stake the claim to be in the best team in the AFC, but it might be the Patriots right now. No,
1: yeah, they're, uh, I mean, Belichick's amazing. Belichick's amazing. Um, Fournette had, what, four touchdowns this week? Yeah. Um, I caught the end of, uh, yeah, the end of, I was watching, so what I'll do is I'll put on uh, the uh, NFL Network on Sunday nights and just kind of catch up. But I'm, I've kind of got it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. So I did catch his four touchdowns. And uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, but we're here to talk MMA. That was, that, that was your football talk for the week. And um, so we, we got a show to look uh, to look ahead to, actually a couple. Um, we, you know, we're going to look at the UFC one in depth and we'll we'll take a quick look at the bell bellator one we got news and you know the usual stuff but since we don't have a show to review this week which generally takes up the bulk of our show um if you're listening to this and you are not in the fight game media network facebook group get on it um you know obviously now that we're in you know on spotify and apple podcasts and everything um you know some we might be getting some listeners that uh, don't Aren't, aren't part of the Fikey Media Network so join that group on Facebook and you'll see that we put up a post yesterday asking for uh, questions basically I think it's a segment that Ryan is calling the great debate uh, the in the clinch great debate and we got some topics and well, we got lots of suggestions so um, you know we got a few weeks coming up with no shows I know Ryan's got some ideas but we're going to try to get to all these questions eventually um, but we also had some, some of our own questions that we uh, wanted to get to but for first one we had um it was i want to make sure i get the who the question was from um or well no i guess no somebody had a question about about oosman but the, yeah this this is your question
2: then the greatest welterweight in history right yeah yeah the, f- the okay the first and we've talked about this yeah. on the show before yeah but yeah i've I've seen this one being debated a lot lately ever since yeah ever since oosman beat, yeah. beat covington so
1: so okay, so I think I know where you're gonna go. So I am. I'm gonna take the side of. I think. I think it's actually Kamara Usman. Yeah. Um. You know. I and you know. May call it recency bias. Call it whatever you want. But so people are gonna say. You know. GSP. You know. I, I guess. You know. He was undef. Or no. He had, he had a couple losses and Usman's undefeated. So that's number one. But I would say also. You know, Usman is the dominant fighter in the division. Um, He's lost some rounds and, you know, and that's what people say is GSP has never lost rounds. But what I'll also say is that the sports evolved so much and the quality in the top 15 right now is unbelievable and back in the gsp's day i mean there were some great fighters but there were also you know like you could you had guys like dan hardy and i mean quite honestly you know matt sarah beat him, and and you know like guys like that and even like matt hughes who was probably well past his prime and gsp was beating those guys and you had john fitch and um you know uh, jake shields guys like that Um, you know, and I just like, I, I just think Usman is, has built up this resume and yeah, he's beaten the same guy a few times, but, um, yeah, I, I, my votes for Usman.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think Usman will eventually get there, but as of now, as of today, November 30th, you got to say GSP's. It's the greatest welterweight of all time. Yeah, we've we seen GSP lose, you know, inside the octagon. But when you look at all the title fights, he? I mean, Usman's defended the title five five times. Uh, two, four, five, six, Is that six, it? Eight nine. Yeah yeah yeah. And uh, uh, GSP defended the the title the welterweight title nine times and we're just talking about welterweight we're going to okay. we're going to throw out yeah. gsp beating bisping for the middleweight title we're just talking welterweight well right here's here's where i put gsp above above uh usman usman you know usman he's got five title defenses but it's against three three different guys whereas gsp constantly fought the number one contender each fight each fight each fight it was the number number one guy and then usman like we said Said all five of his title defenses—the two Covington fights, the two two Masvidal fights, and the Gilbert Burns fight—he's lost rounds on on every scorecard and it, every single one of those fights. GSP had something I think like where he won like 55 straight rounds on every scorecard, scorecard, and we're talking about about you know over. Over Josh Koscheck when Josh Koscheck was his prime, Tiago Alves when that, Tiago Alves might have been roided to the roided to the gills. <laughs> They're talking about BJ Penn at a time when BJ Penn was putting up his his resume as an all time uh, all time great. Yeah, BJ Penn at UFC 94, 94, You know even you know before then before then and then like a few fights after that. I mean he was the best lightweight you know in the world in the world by far by far. And then GS but he was just, moving up. That's that's my point. You know, and he was a small lightweight. I mean, he was moving up to a division where he was a welter where he was a champion. He was a welterweight champion, beat Matt Hughes yeah. and almost beat G S P the first yeah. time. First time. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, didn't lose Yes. You, you know, see. didn't lose rounds to John Fitch, who was the top who was clearly the number one number one contender because Fitch had won like eight or nine fights in a row prior to prior to that. Dan Hardy, yeah, Dan Hardy Dan Hardy got, you know, a title shot because they were looking for for a British fighter, you know, to to you know, to fight you know, to fight for a title. Yeah. But then you know, second time he fought Koscheck, just thoroughly dominated Koscheck. I mean, I and mean, I don't think he lost around to Carlos Condit. Didn't lose around to Nick Diaz. His toughest fight was the Johnny Hendricks fight, which you know. You know, Hendrix won one rounds. It was a close fight, but but other than that, I mean, you just look at it. It's just just his reign of dominance has been so fu- yeah. You know, as a champion, has been so much better than Usman you, as you a make, champion. You make so, a good
1: case there. You make a good case there, but but I will just say, you know, like some of those names you you brought up at the end, like Koscheck was, you know, like he's he wouldn't be. In the top 10, like right now, you know, like you look at the guys he beat, like, the, you know, but leading up to that fight. It was, you know, Frank, Frank Trigg and, um, you know, like guys like that, you know, Jake Shields, obviously quality opponent. Carlos Condit. Absolutely. Nick Diaz, like, you know, like I, you know, I mean, everybody loves Nick Diaz, but, you know, he's never been a championship contender in UFC, really, like legitimately. And Hendricks, yeah, I mean, Hendricks was roided up. I mean, so he did fight. You know, you'll give him that too. He fought a couple roided up guys, no doubt. You know, obviously Hendricks and probably and uh, Tiago Alves. Um, you know, you don't look like that naturally. Um, so,
2: so yeah, I mean, it's a good debate. It's a, it's a different era. I don't know. era too because I mean, yeah, I mean, DSP yep. walked away before Kamaru Usman was even in in the UFC. Yep. UFC. In- and a lot of these guys that are top contenders now, they weren't, they were either not in the UFC or just barely getting in, in by the time, yeah. by the time GSP's era, era had ended. So, I mean, and all these, they don't have any, all mutu- these guys, they don't
1: have any mutual opponents, do they? They don't, they don't. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's too bad. I guess the closest would have been Condit, maybe you know. Yeah. There would have been a possibility.
2: But at the, for same, Condit and Usman at it, the same time, yeah, but, at, at the same time, had Usman fought any of GSP's opponents, they would have been greatly aged at, at that point too. So, yeah. So.
1: I just did MMA math, and apparently uh, Demetrius Johnson would beat um, would beat GSP, so that threw that right out the water. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, you know, and this, this one, I think, like you said, I think we have this conversation in three years, it, you know, if things keep going the way they're going, like, I don't think Usman's even hit his prime yet. So, um, you know, this may be a laughable debate in three years, but right now I think it's a good one. And, you know, you made a good case for JSP. You didn't quite convince me, but you
2: probably convinced most of the listeners.
1: And yeah, that's, this, uh, that's this was,
2: probably uh, this, this one and the next one were the, were the two that I had in mind whenever I yeah. came up with the, this idea 'Cause yep. especially since since UFC two sixty eight I've seen this one debated a lot a lot on Twitter and you you see both side you see both sides of the argument and I you know and just me personally, I mean I mean, just right now, just and and I put it more towards GSP just because of the fact that it was like what 53 or 55 straight rounds, rounds where he yeah. won on every, sc- that's on every touchdown. To that's, you know, and that's, yeah. that's just absolutely, that's absolutely insane. It's And we're, and we're not, t- yeah. And we're talking about all of them in championship fights. It's just, it's even
1: Khabib, even yeah. Khabib lost a round here and there. You yeah, know, he, he lost was- a round to, uh, I kenta right? He lost around to Connor. Well, he got rocked by it. I don't know if he lost around. He lost around. Yeah, he lost around to Connor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah um okay so the next one so i i didn't read this carefully i thought you i thought this was mine because i had a i had something about scoring too but this is this is it kind of blames both um, so yes
2: blends both of them
1: yeah well i think we'll get to the other one at a different point because because this this i mean we don't want to get too in depth on these and um because we got four we're going to get into here and uh i think we'll save mine for maybe next week or a week after but you've got yes or no open scoring would be more beneficial to the sport so
2: um what, what do you think I'm – this one's a tough one for me. As a – when I look at it from a clear fan standpoint, I hate the idea of open scoring. Uh, Scoring, when you look at it Hmm. as as a fan standpoint, like, um, you know, imagine you're watching a group, you know, watching – Watching, you know, a big UFC fight. Fight. You're watching Us- Usman and Covington, the the second fight that went to the, that went to the decision decision, and you don't know the scorecards until the end, and you're having this whole debate between your fri- friends because you don't know who won who won you know it's just it, it kind of take you know knowing what the scores are in mma mma it kind of takes the fun out of the fun and the drama out of you know maybe those close fights you know and having that that little few minute discussion while they're while they're pulling out the scorecards. i know everybody wants to make the argument well you always know what the score is in a football game and a baseball game but those are team sports this is individual sport individual sport is kind of you know the rules are kind of different kind of different you know and I, you know i kind of like that drama from a from a fan standpoint and from a you know observant watcher watcher i'm still kind of torn on whether or not open scoring would help or hurt a fight hurt a fight i mean if you know if a guy knows he's Mm -hmm. he's you know you know you know if a guy in a five-round fight knows he's up 49 46 for sure heading into that fifth round yeah it could make that fifth round a little less entertaining on the flip side on the flip side, it could make it more entertaining because the guy who's losing you know you know he's going all out for for it, but you know it's so it's kind of like yep. one of those things one of those things and I do think a good thing for open scoring would be these you know corners who tell who are telling their fighters that yeah that, oh you're winning the fight when they clearly aren't you'll take that out of the out of that and maybe you know it'll ch- kind of change you know the process from both you know winning and losing fighter and winning and losing corner so it's kind of you know yeah it's kind of it's a tough situation it's a tough situation i think from an entertainment standpoint i don't I don't think open scoring should be a thing should be a thing, at least for like the UFC, but from, you know, like a, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. I would, I would be not in favor of open scoring scoring if it were up to me. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny because
1: what the point you made, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this as well, but then you, the point you made about how as a fan you would not want it. I'm the exact opposite. As a fan, I would want it because I would want to know, as you as you mentioned, you know, when you watch any other sport, you know who's winning and I want to know who's winning as a fan. So if I'm, you know, if I, if, um, you know, Usman is fighting Covington and, and you know, it's two rounds to nothing and then that third round all of a sudden becomes more uh important because you know now you know covington knows he's down two rounds he's got to win that third or or he's or he's pretty much not going to win a decision uh you know unless he gets two in the fourth and the fifth or he gets a finish so you know in that it adds that drama to me but what I will say is we've seen this in practice um, Invicta um, which someone had an Invicta question we're going to get to that in a future week not today um, because I got to do some research before I try to answer that one Um, but um, you know we've seen it in Invicta we've seen it in uh, some of the minor promotions and what I will say is what ends up happening is similar to what you said is where you know like when you know what's what's happening I think well number one I'm not even sure if the corners, like, they're giving the advice, but the fighters, they're just out there. They're trying to win a fight. They're not really thinking about points and rounds, and, um, you know, they're trying to get a finish. You know, like, sometimes they'll ask, hey, am I up? Am I down? But I think once you get in there and start fighting, like, it will affect your game plan. But once you start fighting, like, you know, everything's, you know you got to plan until you get hit in the face and then all of a sudden instincts take in. you know so i think if you asked a fighter and and you know what the next time we have a fighter on on the show we got to ask them what they think because i think that the fighters would want to know whether or not they were winning but then it's curious to see would they change their strategy of fighting and what i've actually seen is you could think that you would have these desperation fighters going for the finish. But what you end up having is the guys that are winning not wanting to engage because they know they're winning and they can't lose. And you're not gonna get a 10-8, you're not gonna get 10-8 and go to a draw if you just hang back and don't do anything. And so unless you were gonna start deducting points for inactivity, which I mean you can, but you almost never see it. You've seen it threatened, but I don't think I've ever seen somebody get docked a point for inactivity. so, yeah, I think that, again, as a fan, I would probably like it, but I don't think it's good for the sport. And that was your question. Would open scoring be more beneficial to the sport? And I would say no, but I would say it. I would want it just so I know who's winning and the potential of making it a better fight. But I think it would actually hurt the fights.
2: Yeah. So and, and uh, I mean and I and I there was a there's a recent UFC fight. I can't remember exactly which one. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look for look at look for it. But there was there was a you know a fight where a guy was clearly going to win a decision, and he spent about the last minute and a half just not engaging. Yeah, just I know circ- when you're talking about circling uh, circling away and. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, if, if, if somebody knows for sure, sure that no matter what happens in this, in this round, barring of barring, you know, your opponent finishing you that you got this win, I think it just could lead to a lot more. More, you know, stalling, and uh, stalling, and all that, because at the end of, at the end of the yeah. day, at the end of the day, if you go, you know, if you're, if you're in a, you're a fighter, fighter, and it's a three round fight, and you go into the third round and you're up twenty eighteen on all three scorecards, you're just fighting, you're fighting to not lose, losing that point, and you're fighting to get your. Yeah. And that's where I think also the win bonus thing, you know, the pay structure. I was just you know, gonna say, it. you know, it comes yeah. comes, in, comes in. It's like a guy who who knows that I'm gonna get double my pay if I just avoid get, avoid engaging and not getting knocked out, knocked out. You know, and then that comes into play, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know. I think that. But I think that structure. Here's kind a of caveat hurts it to- too.
1: Here's a caveat, though, onto that. And when we're talking about UFC and we're talking about a guy that's, let's say, he's fighting and he's making 12 and 12. So if he's going to win, okay, he's 2018. You know, he's getting 12 to show. And then if he gets a win, he's going to get 24,000. So now, you know what? He's up 2018. He's going to win. But if he gets a finish, he might get an extra 50K. Now, all of a sudden, that 24 is 74. And we've seen that. Um, There was a fight I can't remember exactly when but it was like five seconds left a guy got a finish and he ended up getting the 50k bonus. So in UFC, this may not even factor in because a guy that's up 2018, he may want to go for that finish. Um, especially if there's been a card with not a lot of finishes, like we just had that, the last card we saw, um, I was just reading your, um, your review in wrestling observer today, and we only had three bonuses in that show because we only had one finish on an 11 fight card. So on one of those cards, you know, you might have a guy, you know, like a, like at the end of the fight, um, you know, that Kiesa Brady, you know what Brady might think, Hey, if I get a finish, I might get 50 K um and uh, that may be the incentive you need so scrap the open scoring like i just want that fifty thousand bucks so yeah i think that's a, that's something to factor in as well
0: we'll get back to the show in just a minute but i wanted to let everyone know about fight game media network plus if you enjoy the fight game media network check out fight game media network plus at patreon.com front slash fight media we have three specific patreon only shows and we'll soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now. And it's just five bucks a month. So if you want to support your favorite podcasts on the network, go to patreon.com front slash fight game media, and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at. Um, Okay, so third one, this was my
1: question has the UFC's TV and pay-per-view deal with ESPN been good or bad for the sport? Now, I think the answer on the surface is obvious. Um, okay. Well, it's not obvious. This has been very good for UFC. (laughs) Um, and I think it's been very good for ESPN. Has it been good for the sport? Depends on your perspective. I would say, I think in terms of fighter pay, the fighters have no leverage at all. Um, Well, they do. They just won't use it because UFC's money money is locked in. They're going to get paid the same with ESPN no matter what. So ESPN is creating draws and they're bringing in TV ratings. They're bringing in pay-per-view buys. But the fighters aren't necessarily getting compensated fairly because UFC, whether they put Amanda Nunez or John Jones or Conor McGregor on the top of a pay-per-view, they're getting the same money. And there's no incentive for them to pay John Jones $25 million to fight uh, when they can pay, um, you know, uh, Derek or who is a Cyril gone, you know, like 500000 um, and they're going to make the same amount of money. So I think that that in the long term... I would think it's bad, but then it's also good in the sense that guys are going to leave UFC and go to other promotions. So in that sense, it might be good because you're going to have a more wide variety of fights that you wouldn't normally get. But then, you know, is anybody going to see them? <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a tricky question.
2: Yeah, uh, it is a it is a tricky question. First first off, for the UFC's business standpoint, I mean it's it's an absolute home home run. <laughs> okay, I wanted to bring this bring this quote up at some point at some point during during the show and I thought this question would be a good good thing. But Quentin Rampage Jackson, he was at the thriller triad triad thing and he was talking oh, about God. you know, of course, you know, he's paid to be there and paid to make all the, you know, these positive comments comments, but he said something along the line that uh that with the trailer triad that that the UFC and Bellator should be worried. Bellator, another thing we'll get into get into. But he's saying the UFC should be worried. A little over five years ago, Endeavour bought Endeavor bought the U- UFC for 4.2 billion billion dollars. They realistically could turn around, and sell it right now for anywhere between nine and ten billion dollars. I don't think the UFC has I anything. Ten. UFC. The UFC. I, and those might be lowball numbers. I don't really think the UFC has anything to worry about. As f- you know, from you know Triller, or Triad, Triad, or anybody. And that's in and, and, that, and a big part is because of this ESPN, ESPN deal. It's grown the sport. I feel like it's grown the UFC more and it's been beneficial to ESPN for for ESPN plus i mean we're talking about about this year this year might be the biggest year the ufc's ever had on pay-per-view and that was you know and that is with this added added bar- barrier of espn plus so the espn plus barrier it's it's been non-existent ever since basically you know connor's first fight on espn plus i mean that's you know the whole you know yeah. double paywall thing it that doesn't exist that doesn't exist and then nobody gives a shit about that that you know everybody's no. figured it out figured it out by now but uh and you know and from a plus side you know, some sometimes you know people like us who cover cover sport me more so than you because I do so much ri- writing about it. I mean, I can't complain because I get paid for all this, all this. But uh, but I mean, you know, we complain. But I do like the ideas of basically having almost weekly shows. Shows. I mean, you know, I love. I love mixed martial arts. Yeah. I love the UFC. I think, you know, the, I think this year might be the strongest year they've ever had fight-wise, fight-wise. So I mean, it's an entertaining product and you're getting entertained. You're getting entertainment every week, every week, and and I do think the ESPN is a better deal than the Fox deal because those Fox shows, I mean, they're having every week, they felt, you know, they were they felt like they took all day long. Whereas these ESPN (laughs) shows, they kind of get through, through them rather quickly. You know, sometimes there's, you know, sometimes there's long, but for the most part, you're getting through, through them rather quickly. And I also do think the quality of fighters gotten, gotten better. And, you know, the showcase more and some personality pieces are hitting better, you know, with the ESPN, I'm going to say the ESPN plus or the ESPN deal has been a, been a positive for the UFC and a positive for the UFC. And for the sport actually actually because okay because okay. It, it, it did i mean it did lead to i don't i don't know the full financial details but it did lead to espn taking chances on like pfl you know and then doing yep. doing you know and then bringing bringing dana white's contender series on the espn plus after it was on fight caster yeah. in the fox era so i mean espn you know for their sake has gotten more invested in the sport overall they have if you ever watch any of the any of the companion pieces to Shows, shows that are that are on ESPN Plus, you know, you know those Destined and stuff like that. They're really high yeah. quality products, you know, you know, you know. Granted, UFC produces all all that, but I mean, still the fact that ESPN has some stuff like that on ESPN Plus. I mean, it's you know, it's good for the sport. You know, I mean. The UFC is the sports, the sport. To be honest, let's be honest about that. Just like, much like the NFL is football, the MLB is baseball. Yep. You know, it's just, and so I think it's been beneficial for the sport and the UFC. So the only thing I would say, though,
1: again, is I think that their revenues, UFC's revenues, has pro, I think it's more than doubled since the Fox deal, and I don't think the fighter pay has doubled. So, you know, um, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, but I it, mean until they just dis- until they go on strike, which is never going to happen, it's
2: not going to change. It's so. It, but that's a whole other issue. It's really hard to, hard to hard to know because I mean, I know from talking to some fighters you can tell that what they publicly say they make is not necessarily all the truth, and what the UFC says yeah. they make is not necessarily all the truth. the The lines are kind of blurred there. Some guy, some guys aren't struggling as bad as they claim, and some guys aren't are making more than they claim. So. So you know, and okay. but there are some people. If that's the case, good so, for them. Some early, yeah. some early entry people. You know, got people in their first and second fights. So yeah, they might be struggling, but once you've got your established, established, you know, career yeah. career, and you're you know solidly, you're you know, you're entering the ten plus five, ten plus fight. As far as you know, pay as far as like straight pay before you take all expenses you you're making decent decent living i mean it's, yeah. it's not so it could be it could be better better but it's not in in a you know a lot of ways and be and better. i think too
1: what happens i think what happens too is that those fighters that you're talking about once they get to that 10 fight level and they're making you know decent money maybe 50 and 50 um there the pressure is on them to to win because if they don't keep winning, they're very easy to cut because you can replace them with five guys making, you know, four guys making 12 and 12 and hope that one or two of them become decent. And so that's where, you know, like it's, it, there's no appeal to UFC to keep a guy around just because he has a name. Um, they can let him go to Bell Tour, PFL, or her and uh and then just take their chances on a guy from the contender series. Um, so that that's I think where things have changed. And I think maybe why um the fights are better. And, and so in that sense maybe I'm convincing myself now that it is good for the sport too because when the guys they want to get to that point where you're getting you know starting to get your second and your third UFC contract and you're making some decent money you want to keep winning so the the incentive is on these younger fighters to uh, make a name for themselves like real quickly and that's where you get guys like um, you know Kevin Holland and um, Kamzat at Chemaev and Joaquin Buckley and guys like that that have really kind of t- broken through a little bit in the last couple of years Shaanman Alley, you know um so yeah i i you know i you've kind of convinced me now i think yeah i think it has been good for the sport definitely good for ufc good for espn too um you know what when when they signed this deal people thought oh they're gonna lose their ass and uh you know what they're making money on this and they're very happy and and if they were renewing right now they're getting a huge increase um on tv and pay-per-view so uh, now, a company that's not doing so well, um, and this was a question from our friend and listener, Matt Prentice, um, you know, in the Facebook group. And again, we'll get to all the other questions in future weeks because there's some real good ones there. But we, we both wanted to talk about this one. With Bellator failing to capture fan interest in their move to Showtime, do they make it through 2022 or is this finally it? And I mean, the, the only people that know the answer are the people at Viacom and... Um, you know, if they want to keep throwing money at, into a sinkhole, then Bellator is going to keep going. And if they're sick and tired of doing it, then they're going to go out of business because they cannot sustain this company without being backed up by a major media conglomerate, um, like, like CBS Viacom and, um, you know they're they're not getting rights fees they're just basically a content provider at this point and they got a lot of high salaried guys fighting and girls fighting for them and um i mean by all rights they should have been out of business a long time ago but i don't know like i if i put money on it i'd say they're still around in 2023 i don't know why but yeah
2: what do you think i mean you know, the question being, being, you know, is 2022 it for them, it for them. I think, no, that they survive. Now, if the question was more like, more like, will they still be around in 2025? That's a bigger question. That's a bigger question right there. Cause yeah, all it takes is some change at the top of Viacom, you know, and for the rug to quickly be pulled, pulled out from, under out from under, you know, it's a, you know, Bell Tour is a loss leader for the, for the promotion. It's, you know, it's good to have, you know, it's good to own, to own your own mixed martial arts arts company. You know, you can put it on your own TV. You're not having to pay for the programming itself, but, uh, but you're also having to pay for all the other stuff that comes with it. And they have to sign guys to big contracts to lure them away Away from you know these other promo these other promotions and you know and and if they keep doing that it's just adding more more and more and more you know revenue more and more expenses to where it's a whole lot of revenue not being pulled in so so eventually it's going to come to the point where you know decisions have to be made especially if there's change in leadership I mean especially you know we're seeing with PFL now PFL doesn't have a television deal. Deal, you know, they're negotiating with some, but some, but if they don't get a deal, I mean, we're talking about that PFL possibly, you know, ceasing to exist because they need, you know, some form of television deal to get at least some some revenue in to pay pay, you know, all the expenses they're spending. So, so yeah, Bellator, I mean. I mean, it's, you know, it could be a fun promotion. It could be a frustrating promotion to watch, watch some, you know, some things they they do some great things like this upcoming week's main event, which we'll get into. And then they do some head scratching things, you know, like booking Fedor <laughs> against Tim Johnson, even though it worked out, you know, for what it was supposed to do, do. But I mean, you know, it's, will they survive another year? Yeah. Will they survive four more years? I think that's a huge question mark right there.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think, yeah, it comes down to, I mean, you know, like you, you mentioned it, like if, if some executive at um, Viacom decides we're sick and tired of uh, losing money, then, you know, th- that's it.
2: They're done. Yeah. And I mean, there's been, um, there's yeah. been, there's been talks of Viacom being sold or, or, you know, things being split, you know, and if things start being split and, and you start going down the list of, you know, what properties Viacom owns and it's like, Okay, do we cut this? Do we cut this? Do we cut this? You get the Bellator and it's like, man, this, you know, it's, you know, it's spending five times as much as it's bringing in, you know, that, you know, that's a very fine line, you know, so yeah. Yeah,
1: I uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I I just have a feeling a year from now we're going to be having the same conversation. <laughs> um, okay, so you know what? On looking at your rundown, we we were going to go over the UFC, but you know what? We might as well just go right into the bell tour and then we can do we can do our ufc preview after that um as you mentioned we have a uh, bell tour uh, 272 coming up this week on showtime um i guess the main card's probably at 10 p.m eastern it says here it starts at seven but that would most likely be the prelims um interesting that i haven't got a lineup from bell tour yet and i usually do by now um but you know they're um i don't know what's going on there but the main event is quality fight um this is you know the, you know this is a legit world title fight sergio pettis and kyoji horaguchi um is the former champion who vacated his belt uh pettis won the vacant belt and now they're uh fighting for the um for the uh for the title and uh this is on friday on showtime and uh i mean this could go either way i think is this, this is the second time they fought no, or, it's, you know, the it's the first first time right it's the first is
2: yeah it's right. they were, yeah they were both beat- they're both in the UFC at 125 pounds but never fine now they're fighting for the 135 title in Bellator. yeah
1: that's uh that's kind of funny there's a lot of ex UFC fighters on this card by the yeah. way um, I, I I was surprised and some of them are fighting on like early prelims um, you know like uh, Oliver incamp and uh, Spike Carlisle Um uh, you know, uh, Kai Kamaka, the third, like these guys are all fighting on YouTube. Um, and I guess if you're in Canada, they're all fighting on YouTube because uh, we, they still don't have a TV deal up here. Um, but... Honestly, like, yeah, you got that main event, Pettis and Horiguchi. Um, that's going to be a killer. I expect it to go five rounds and, and just be a war. I, I don't think either one of these guys is going to have finished, although certainly can
2: happen. But I just expect this to be a really great fight. Um, hor- the other one of interest to Horiguchi's first fight, first fight, you know, you know, in a year or two, you know, because he, he had the need. Yeah, because yeah, he had that horrific injury. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: He fought on the Ryzen Show, yeah, last uh, the New Year's Eve show uh, last year against Kai Asakura, um, where where he actually so what did he win? Yeah, he won
2: the uh, the Rising Bantamweight yeah, title. That was actually so he his, never did lose the Bellator title. That was actually his return his return from the from the injury, but but yeah, but he also had, oh right, well, there, he hasn't fought right. in a year in a year, or so you know it's yeah. been a long time, a long time off too, so.
1: Yeah, we have um, Josh Hill, um, uh, who is, uh, you know, co-host of the what is it called? The gentleman, uh, me and the gentleman or something with um, Jason Hagholm, uh, who's a member of the group and probably hopefully listening. Shout out to Jason if he's listening, but he's fighting on the main card as well. Another bantamweight fight. I would imagine the winner will get, you know, the winner of Pettis and Horiguchi. It's Josh Hill and uh, Jared Scoggins, uh, you know, uh, top prospect 10 and one um and we got uh bobby king which is not bobby king green it's a different guy um mentioned you know kai kamaka say so, you know a lot of you know decent fights prelims are a little bit better than usual so you know if that's probably what i'll watch honestly and then i'll check out the main event the next day because i'm not staying up till midnight to watch bellator um but yeah it's um it, that's friday on showtime um anything else you wanted to say about the show it's co-main is emmanuel
2: sanchez and jeremy kennedy at featherweight yeah. Whatever. If you if you watch the prelims, you need to watch Alexander Sh- Shabili. Shabee- La- I- however you say his last name, but man, he's he's awesome. So and he's fighting Bobby. Oh, yeah. Bobby Shabili. Shabili. Shabee- yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a guy to watch right there.
1: Yeah, hopefully he gets out of there and gets into. And I'll quote Dave Meltzer here: He's got to get out of there, um, you know, get get over to UFC with with these other Russian guys. Fight on, uh, fight on, Fight Island next year. Um, okay, so we've got a show, we got a UFC show after what feels like a month off. It's only been a week, but and we're actually going to get a month off coming up soon. But uh, we got fight night, so we got two shows left this year, um, and we got this Pretty show, sure. and then we got the pay per view in the following week. Is there three? Yeah, there's a, a show on the 18th? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. So the paid review is that on the 11th or the 18th? 11th. Okay, okay. So all right, so we got three shows left. Um, but coming up this weekend, we got a great fight. Um, Rob Font and Jose Aldo, which is no doubt a title eliminator of some sort. Um, yeah, I mean, if Aldo wins, I mean, he has lost challenging for the title before, but he, he, he'll definitely earn a title shot if he gets a win here. And Rob Font is... Uh, Wow. Like this fight is, this fight is crazy. Um, Font actually is on a four fight win streak and uh, coincidentally got uh, his first win in that streak against Sergio Pettis, who we were just talking about Um, coming off a win over Cody Garbrandt. Uh, He's also beat Marlon Marais and Ricky Simone. Um, And yeah, Jose Aldo, I I swear in his last fight, he looked as good as he's looked in years uh, beating Pedro Munoz. Um,
2: So yeah, this is, um, this is a great fight. Fantastic main event uh, should be just quite the battle on the feet. Both men are high volume, high volume heavy strikers. Strikers. Um, a little preview of my preview. I feel like this fight's going to add a little bit more clarity to that bantamweight division. Bantamweight division. I mean, yeah. Sterling and Jan or Sterling's still not cleared to fight, but it's just a formality. So they're looking at doing that fight possibly March, March. But if somehow. Sterling doesn't get cleared or, or, you know, Jan isn't ready or something happens, either one of those, the winner of this could slide in because TJ Dillashaw also is coming off a knee surgery and who knows when he's ready to fight where this could also fight Dillashaw and a title eliminator or could just go straight to a title fight. Just kind of just depends. I've been, yeah. but it's going to add a little bit of clarity, a little bit more to the, t- to the top, because that, you know the top of 135 is you know kind of it was crowded before the Yon Sanhagen fight and it's a little less crowded but it will be also become a little less crowded after this. I mean you know whoever whoever wins this could fight Dillashaw next or could get a title fight next but but either either way you know they're setting themselves up for major things and obviously obviously if Aldo wins I kind of want to see that Dillashaw fight because that's a that's been a fight that you know fans have been talking about for years and years as kind of like a quote-unquote dream fight. Dream fight and just, I mean, but Rob Font has been – You know, has been very impressive over the last couple years. You know, you know, winning four in a row, coming off the win over Cody Garbrandt, where he looked fantastic. I mean, this is just this is a great main event, and arguably might be the best fight of the fight of the month of December as far as UFC goes, which is crazy because there's a lot of really strong fights this month. But yeah, I'm expecting you know, you know, a late contender for fight of the year in this one, possibly. I mean
1: and if it's not this one the co could could be in the run for that too um hafiel and brad riddell um wow you know like i mean it's not gonna have the profile of of a fontaldo, aldo but th- that could be
2: great too i mean yeah if you're if you're just a pure fight <laughs> fan who likes slugfest I mean, this is right up oh this one's God. right up your alley. Yeah, they don't have the the name value of of those two, but I mean, these guys are right on the cusp of top ten top ten in the UFC too. I mean, Brad Dell's four and zero. You know, main training partner of Israel, Adesanya. Fiziev is 4-1 four and, four and in the UFC, but he's won four in a row. Coming off a really good fight against Bobby Green. Bobby Green. Brad Riddell coming off a fight with Drew Dober that, I mean, you know, we've seen so many crazy fights huh. the last few months, but, the, you know, the last month of uh, November, but, coming, you know, before the craziness of November, I mean, Riddell and Dober was possibly the fight of the year. Fight of the year, and definitely is probably, if you were to make a – you know, we will probably definitely possibly make a top five list, top ten, but definitely a top ten UFC yeah. fight of the fight of the year. That was an absolutely crazy, ba- crazy battle, and these two are former training partners, are close friends. They didn't necessarily want to fight each other, but but you know, Riddell also made the point of they really haven't trained together in about four four years. So you know, and both of them are you know way better than they were four years four years ago. That's for sure. So I mean, this one is this. This this matchup is every bit as exciting potential as the main event. It should be fun.
1: I mean, we we talked about Fiziev last year. I think at the end of the year, he had just come off that win in December, where he just his striking was just unbelievable. Yeah, his finished, body blows in that McCono fight. McCono, yeah, oh.
2: there really quickly, and he just looked. He he looked like a title contender there in that one. Yeah. He, he fell,
1: you know, in the the third round against, I think it was the third round against Bobby green, where he almost lost and, you know, arguably had a ten eight against him, but uh, for some reason the refs didn't go that way. Um, But he, um, you know, he, he, held on to win that fight with bobby green but that's you know that's no um you know so that's gonna obviously be the game plan for riddell is to just try to take him into deep waters and see if he can you know if he can hang but uh, i think fizzy have obviously probably learned a lot in that fight too so um great great fight um and then you know you got an old school guy clay guida and, uh, going up against Leonardo Santos, you know, who, um, you know, he's been around forever, um, 41 years old, uh, looks like he's, you know, 50, but right it up. Um, you know, he's been around since, uh, you know, tough Brazil, like when they were running and he's, he's a former Goku fighter. Like he's, he's an old school guy too. Um, you know, I'm probably not the fight quality of the, of the top two fights, but, You know, uh, anytime you get Clay Guida at this, you know, in 2021, almost 2022 now, uh, that's, you know, it's must see TV because you know what? He's still got something in the tank.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's two guys, you know, 40 years and up who have been around forever. It's kind of crazy when you look (laughs) at Clay Guida has so many fights. I mean, this is going to be what it's like. Hang on one second. Uh, it's gonna be like his 32nd UFC fight, but Leonardo Santos actually made his MMA debut before Clay Guida did, so that shows you how long Santos has been fight been fighting. So, uh, yeah, we well, had the three years off there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's neither guy's gonna be, you know, a title contender. Contender Santos actually has kind of an impressive rec- record. Record he is. He's seven one and one, yep. and he's coming off his first UFC loss but uh yeah just a quality fight and Guida still popular actually that's the fight
1: that's the fight we were talking about yeah yeah um that that I was thinking of it was the one where he won like with seconds left and got a bonus Grant Dawson yeah Right. Yeah. Where he was winning the fight and, and he finished him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just looking at Santos record. His first, his first MMA fight was against uh, Takanori Gomi in 2002. So
2: <laughs> that's like almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, crazy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good matchup and a, you know, Clay Guida. Yeah. You know, even, it's fun. even, it's fun fight. even Guida being past his prime still gives it his all, all, and you're going to be entertained fights and, and I, I actually I like this matchup to be honest so so yeah it should be a little pretty entertaining
1: yeah and then we got um, light heavyweight fight uh, Jimmy Crute who uh, you know at one point was you know we we're looking at him like he might be a title challenger but he's had a couple losses and now 12 and 2 uh, going up against jo- Jamal Hill who's 8 and 1 and um, you know he, he lost to Paul Craig in his last fight so both these guys you know were hype prospects that are trying to, you know, one of these guys is going to come out of this, you know, uh, moving up the card and the other one, you know, um, you know, won't. (laughs) Um,
2: This could be, this could be explosive. I, I, is my guess I mean last time we saw both these guys they had limbs dangling you know crew cr- had the yep. had the foot drop syndrome with with the uh, you know in this fight against Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill got his elbow dislocated by Paul Craig and that ar- arm bar so so I mean you know if somebody's limb if somebody's limb goes breaking here <laughs> you know, it, it, it could be crazy, but I mean, yeah, two, two strong prospects. I mean, I mean, you know, both of them coming off loss. It, it's kind of surprise. This matchup kind of surprised me because both of them like literally have potential to be in that title contention someday. And, and, you know, now you're going to have one of them on, on a two fight losing skit at, at light heavyweight, which is not, you know, the deepest of divisions right now. So, so it's kind of interesting matchmaking, but I kind of favor Crute in this one, but I mean, it's another fight, but that, you know, has the potential to be really fun. I mean, these top four fights, you know, are very strong fights. I gave up picking
1: fights. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just looking, I'm just going to watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I if I had money, I'm putting it on Cruit, yeah. So, you know, you guys all probably want to throw your money on Hill. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm still picking them in my column, but I mean, I, I don't trust myself okay. after, the la- after the last show, which is weird because oh. like, like the shows before those, I went like 11 and one and 10 and yeah. two and stuff like that. But I had a rough week last week. So we'll just forget about that i'm just i'm i'm so done with this um okay
1: and then our our other main card fight is uh chris curtis who i had to check because i'm like didn't this guy just fight and yeah he fought less than a month ago like three weeks ago um you know he took a short notice fight against phil haas and obviously he's got another short notice fight it's a third opponent for brendan allen he was originally going to fight brad tavares and then roman delidzi and now chris curtis so you know um lesser names as they went up so i mean I, this is another situation where chris curtis who's normally a welterweight moved up for his last fight and then now he's got you know he's he's gonna fight a middleweight again and he's got nothing to lose um he looked he he was losing the fight and then he just had that nice combo against phil Hawes at the end of the first round and knocked him out and um and yeah he's, he's coming in here with all the momentum brendan allen is on the other side you know he's got nothing to gain but he just wants to fight so you know he he took the fight he's on a two-fight win streak in ufc and uh I know it's a dangerous fight for Allen and uh, you know, Chris,
2: Chris Curtis, we saw what he can do and uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan Allen, you know, he's got lots of potential. He's on the cusp of being, being ranked. He's five and one in the UFC. His only loss is to Sean Strickland. So, I mean, that just shows, yeah. Sh- I mean, shows he's fighting some really good, op- good opponents. And Chris Curtis to borrow a poker term, He's basically free rolling in this fight. I mean, he's a, he's a guy, you know, he's a guy who retired a couple of times, you know, he's, you know, kind of on, you know, on the older side, I think he's like 35, never actually thought that the UFC call call would come because there was several times, times in the past where it should have come, especially, uh, you know, when he fought on the contender series, like he should have got a contract contract, you know, when he fought, fought there and didn't, didn't, you know, so he. You know, retired a couple times because never thought the call would come. Come, call finally comes. He's matched up against Phil Halls. You know, he's basically kind of brought in on short notice to be like, hey, we kind of you know Halls has a lot of potential. We're trying to build him, build him up. You know, you know, let's get him somebody, somebody that you know he can beat. You know, and, you know, and undersized, undersized, and all that, and and you know, scores the upset. It's just crazy. So now he's got another yeah. chance another chance to score another upset on short notice, taking the fight like on ten days notice. So I mean he's got everything. He's got everything to gain and absolutely nothing to lose in this fight. And and Brendan Allen does not need to take him lightly because Curtis has some power in his hands.
1: I uh, I was just looking at the record of you know because Chris Curtis doesn't have the best record. He's um was he twenty seven and eight? Which I mean you know that's 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 great you know and and but it's better than it looks because when you, when you go through his record and, you know, some of these early fights and losses that he had, they're all against guys that were UFC fighters, Tom Galicchio, Forrest pets, Bilal Muhammad, Nation Burrell, um, you know, like he had a decision loss against Bilal Muhammad, who is like one of the top welterweights in the world right now. And, uh, you know, and this was early in his career. So, I mean, he's a lot better. So he had that one stretch in PFL where, you know, he lost, two decisions to Magomed, Magomed Kamirov, and then to Ray Cooper III, who has won, I think, three straight tournaments there. So, I mean... He's got some quality losses. And now, you know, with that win over Phil Haas, he's won uh, six in a row. Um, Obviously, you know, UFC debut. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everything to gain, nothing to lose. And he's a guy you can't help but root for. He's just so likable. And uh, this would be a great story if he comes out of this with a win. And for Brendan Allen, you know what? It's a lot of balls to take a fight on short notice like that. And, uh, you know, so I'm, you know, I, I don't think either one, you know, like even though, you know, They've got nothing to lose. I mean, I think, you know, even if Alan loses, people probably look at it like, well, you know, what he took a fight. Maybe he shouldn't have taken and, and they'll give him a break because of that. So um, fun main card. Um, and, and honestly, and, and, you know, you can go through these prelims in a second. Like, I'm looking down these prelims, and there's
2: some pretty damn good fights on these prelims, yeah. too. Some big names. Yeah. We got nine fights on the prelim card, which they're trying to fit in three hours. Wow. Which is, <laughs> which is with five main card fights. Something tells me at least one of these fights will be moved to the main card, you know, so. And but, this is a later start, too, right? It's, yeah. Six o'clock
1: start? Yeah. Or yeah. Seven,
2: seven o'clock. Seven Eastern. seven Eastern time, six o'clock, our time zone four o'clock on pacific time but so we so could th- be go, we could be going till like yeah. 1 a.m on the you, east if they yeah, go through yeah yeah you know you know as of now 14 fights on the card we'll knock on wood because everybody starts getting into las vegas tomorrow if they're not already there so you know you're who, knocking on wood hoping something falls who, out who knows what could happen you know we've seen you know We've seen basically every fight week for the last two years, lose a fight, lose a fight almost, you know, just about. But anyway, anyway, for, uh, hey, prelims. B-
1: b- before, before you run these down, before yeah. you run these down, I see a name on here that I got to ask you about, um, Shan Sh- Sh- Vlizmaz. Is that Shan b- Baze?
2: I was going to get into that in a moment. So, okay. Okay. I'll let you get to it. All right. Okay. Uh, we're a uh, featured prelim is a middleweight fight. Mackie Patolo against Dusko Todorovic. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know why wow. this is the uh, featured prelim because Patolo is one and four, one and four, and on a three fight losing skid, and Todorovich is is on a two fight losing skid. Uh, you know, it's kind of odd that, especially when you we we run down the rest of these prelims, like how this one's a featured prelim. But Patolo, you know, both these guys tend to have some some exciting fights, even if they're on the losing in losing end. So, I mean. Winner gets gets in the, gets to live the fight another day in the UFC. Loser probably probably goes home. you know, goes back to the regional scene. So it's a very, very important fight for both. Uh, then we got a flyweight fight fight Manel Kopp against Zaga's Zuma Gulov. Uh, Kopp, you know, this is his fourth fight in of twenty twenty one, and you know, you know, he had came into the UFC with a lot of hype. He lost a close fight in his debut, and then he lost a fight that everybody. Everybody and their mother thought he won against Matthias Nicolau. I think it was like 21 of 22 media scores had the fight for cop, but Nicolau got the decision. But he finally got his first UFC win win in uh, August at UFC 265, knocked out Ode Osborne in the first, first round, even though he missed weight. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Zuma Gulov also coming off his first UFC win after losing his first two. It was his first finish in something like – his last, uh, you know, I think he's got like two finishes in his last two, two fights that have not gone the distance in his last 12. So, so, you know, he's a guy in his first finish in like, I don't know, like some, I haven't written down some, have it typed up for my previous something like six or seven years. But anyway, that's uh you know, yeah, kinda, it's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But I mean, two guys coming off wins, you know, winner will be, you know, we'll have one, two straight and we'll be, you know, Close to being ranked, so kind of an important fight there. Uh, we have a solid welterweight fight, Jake Matthews against Jeremiah Wells. Jake Matthews, wow. uh, 27 years old, but this will be his 16th UFC fight. He signed with the UFC when he was 19 years old, so he's been around forever, but he's still only... 26 27 years old and jeremiah wells you know the second ufc fight so a lot of a lot of you know i mean matthews has more ufc fights than wells has career fights and wells is 35 years old years old so that's that's crazy but wells is coming off a short notice notice knockout win of warley Alves. matthews is coming off a submission loss to sean brady which you know when you look at Brady now, I mean that's not a bad loss right there. And, and uh, prior to that, no. Matthews had won six of seven seven fights, but uh, that should be a good fight. Uh, we got a women's strawweight fight: Cheyenne Vl- Vlismos, the former Cheyenne Bays, against Mallory Martin. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll just leave that at that. You can come up with with your own ideas of why her last name's changed back to her maiden name. I have no idea. So <laughs> but, uh, I guess I'm going to have to Google it. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's nothing they've said publicly, but privately, if you read, okay. if you read the message board forms, you know, her okay. and JP okay. may or may not have separated, but anyways, but enough about their personal, okay. personalized. Uh,
1: That's her maiden name then? Yeah, yes.
2: Yes. But uh, okay. she's taken this fight on short notice. She was supposed to fight a couple of weeks ago, but pulled out due to COVID. Mallory Martin lost her original opponent. So, Blissmont steps in. Uh, I mean Martin needs a win in this fight and Vlismas, you know, she could use a win. She's coming off a quick minute knockout win, you know, in July. And you know, she's she's got a little bit of personality and marketability to her, so a loss won't hurt her as much and the UFC seems to like her, but Martin needs a win. So, you know you know, lower level straw weights trying to move up the rankings, you know, should be a decent fight. Uh, here's a here's a light heavyweight fight everybody should be excited for. Two, this just, should be the featured prelim. Yeah, this this one, or there's another fight lower that should be the featured prelim. One second. <clears throat> uh, two powerhouse oh, light yeah, heavyweights. I see it. Yeah. Two powerhouse light heavyweights, Alonzo Minifield and William Knight. These guys are just absolute beasts, beasts of men. Just, you know, huge light heavyweights. <laughs> I, I was trying to go somewhere that I don't want to necessarily go to there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they they uh, they're very athletic. You know if if you've listened yeah. to if you've listened I mean, to they're not on any kind of performance enhancing drugs yeah, at all. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but yeah, they're these guys look like bodybuilders, builders. But anyway, midfield's one two straight, two straight. William Knight's coming off a quick knockout win in his last fight. Both guys have lots of potential. They're also both in their mid thirties. So if they want to make a run at a title shot. You know, winning this fight's very important. Uh, we got a lightweight fight, Claudio Puelas against Chris Gritszy. Chris Gritzmacher. Uh, Puelas has won three in a row. He's 25 years old. You know, looked impressive. Gritzmacher, you know, coming off a really fun win over Rafa Garcia in July. You know, and uh, you know, it's an important fight for Gritzmacher more so than Puelas because Puelas is you know young guy. You know, who's three and one in the UFC. He's gonna, you know, he's still gonna have you know future potential, but Gritzmacher 35, three and three in the UFC. If he loses this, that'll be, that'll be, you know, two and four over his last six. So it's kind of important, important fight for Gritzmacher to, to win, you know, but it should be, should be he a good fight. lost to the goat. He lost to the, he lost to the goat on the ultimate fight. Yeah. Yeah. Artem Lobov. Yeah. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, we got a yeah. we got a heavyweight fight. Uh, Jared Vanderau gets Azamat Uh This is a late notice fight. Uh, Mirzakhanov was actually supposed to fight Felipe Lins in a light heavyweight fight, but Lins uh, pulled out of yet an, another fight for undisclosed reasons. You know, could be travel related but anyway van Derod literally took this fight yesterday and it's a heavyweight fight now so Mirzakhanov doesn't have to worry about cutting weight and Mirzikanov was one of the most impressive guys coming off of uh this year's contender series he was actually signed to the ufc years ago but i think i can't remember if it was either travel visa issues or usada issues where uh he got his contract rescinded ended up on the contender series and had a dominant quick finish and then got his UFC deal back and this is going to be his debut. And, you know, so... He's going to give up a lot of size to Vanda because Vanda is a big heavyweight, but but Mirzakhanov is you know very talented, and I expect him to have an impressive debut. Yeah. Uh, second fight of the night, which really should be on the main card, if you're actually asking me, is a welterweight fight against between yeah. Alex Morono and Mickey Gall. This matchup, it, it was only announced like two weeks ago. I I mean I don't I don't know if it was a short notice fight or if it was something that was. Planned and they just announced it a couple weeks ago, but this is a really good fight. is coming, you know, he's coming off of a few big wins. Has been in some high profile fights, fights, you know, with Anthony Pettis, beat Donald Cerrone earlier this year in a co-main event. You know, he's won. Uh, I think he's he's won two in a row at least. There's one, two in a row in three of his last four, last four, and actually he's, you yep. know, he's six and two in his last eight. So he's really, he's, you know, get, he's a guy who, who, you know, he doesn't look like much, but he's getting better in front of your eyes every time you watch a fight. And, you know, and he's also... You know, coaching a lot of young fighters who are making it in the UFC, which, which as we've seen with guys like Morono, James Krause, who you know isn't really fighting all that much, but but guys who've been coaching a lot of guy, a lot of fighters who are making it in the UFC have actually improved themselves. So you know, and then Mickey Gall, you know, we've seen almost his entire MMA career. I mean, he's had, he had one fight on yep. the regional scene. Seen in the rest of his career has been in the UFC, kind of been up and down, but he's coming off a. Off a of submission went over Jordan Williams, and, his, and it was probably his best overall performance performance to date. I'd he say was, so. You know, really, really impressive. He's been working with Matt Brown, who was supposed to be on the show, but, you know, he had COVID. so got COVID. Got COVID, so his fight with Brian Barbarina, which was going to be a— fu- which was another hell of a fight, fight. but anyway, that's off. But Gall, you know, submission fight— You have to think, that was the other main that card was the other, fight, the That was right? the other main card fight, you know, so— yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, six wins by submission out of his seven wins, you know. You know, he's looked good lately. And I I would say if they move a fight to the main card, it's either going to be this one or the Minifield night fight, you know. Or poss- yeah. possibly Matthews-Wells, you know. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of quality prelims they can move up. But anyway, another quality prelim opening the card is a Bantamweight fight. Luis Smolka against Vince Morales. Kind of got a feel for Smolka because he was – you know, he was, you know, supposed to fight Sean O'Malley in July on a paper on the pay-per-view card on the biggest pay-per-view of the year and had to pull out. And now he's curtain jerking <laughs> a, you know, a, you know, a, a show in December, Vegas December, you know, a fight night in, in December, December, you know, uh, looking for a second straight win. He has a funny fight in almost, you know, exactly a year coming off a win over Jose Quinoa's at, and while Morales is you know also looking for a second straight win you know he beat Draco rodriguez at a ufc 265 in houston in august so yeah a couple bantam weights looking for their second straight win opening the card really strong prelim card really strong main card really good card overall so this is definitely a show that this could be show that on paper is would be worth catching
1: I Absolutely. So back up to Azamat Murzakhanov, who we saw earlier in this year on the Contender Series, and he looked just incredible there. Um, I'm just looking at his record. Um, 10-second KO with a punch. 20-second KO round one. 152, doctor stoppage. One-minute arm triangle choke. 50-second KO with a punch. One-minute 35, win with punches. Uppercut. 347, And then we had the g- right hook to ground strikes in three minutes. Um, so that's eight of his 10 fights. He had two fights that went to decision. Um, but they were actually against, you know, decent fighters. Alexei Sidorenko and g- Guto Inocente. So, um, yeah. And, and he's fighting Jared Vandera, who he's going to be giving up a lot of size to. But uh, that's a real intriguing fight. Uh, there's something about every one of these fights that, except for maybe the Mallory Martin, Cheyenne, Villismas fight that I'm interested in. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to this card. Um. Yeah, uh, I, that's why. Like when we break these down the way we do. So, um, so that is, uh, as we said, uh, seven o'clock Eastern on Saturday. This will be. This is an ESPN card, right? It's not ESPN Plus.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, as always, you can watch all UFC college football is done. USC shows on on ESPN Plus. College football isn't completely done, but uh, but I mean, it's championship weekend. Yeah, I guess so the, bowl, it's, the bowl games are starting yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but uh, everything that you know is on ESPN for the most part until the bowl game. Games. Bowl games is you know off this week of ESPN. So the entire show is actually on ESPN from from the first prelim all the way through the main event, starting at seven Eastern and ending whenever it ends, ending at at least you know at least one a.m. Eastern. So, time. so the funny so so the funny thing is when you talk about
1: like for some of these early fights, um you know. They might actually have more people watching than later on in the card, Yeah, you know, um, based on, you know, like, because, you know, I guess they're going to hurt in the West Coast because it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. But like some of these ones in the middle of the prelims are actually going to be, you know, like maybe the maybe the peak audiences and then you know they'll probably lose something and then they'll pick up again for the main event yeah because uh, i think font
2: aldo will will have a lot of appeal yeah and, obviously and, and i um, mean you know and espn gets always gets good viewership late at night because people are always yeah. seeking a seeking out sports and you know there's usually sports on you get ESPN home from the bar and, uh, you, you know, turn on the tv you know, set- yeah you know, seven days a week, there's usually a sporting event going on at, you know, 10, 11 p.m. on ESPN, whether it's, you know, UFC or basketball or NHL when they start having NHL again or baseball, you know, you know, yep. so, you know, so. Yep. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see
1: how this does. I To me, Font Aldo feels like a show that's going to do like 1.1 1. 1 million, but we'll see. Um, all right so we've got um okay we did that uh so we have to talk about and uh if if you read ryan's column um front and center uh you know the big picture in the middle of the column is is what we're going to talk about so yeah.
2: if you haven't read now you're going to find out yeah it's kind of a quiet week you know with thanksgiving not a whole lot of news but one one you know interesting little tidbit tidbit for our we have to talk about segment is uh this week we have to talk about henry cejudo and more importantly his manager ali abdelaziz you know basically hinting that Suhudo's looking at returning to fighting next year there's a caveat with it he wants to come back and fight alexander volkanovsky and wants that chance to be the first person to ever hold three you know ufc titles in three different weight classes so i mean when you look at the surface of it does he deserve an immediate shot at, at Alexander Volkanovsky at, at the featherweight title without no. ever having fought at featherweight? No, but he also had never. Um, he did fight at Bant- bantamweight before he went back to flyweight, but but you know it'd been years. But he I mean he got immediate title shot at bantamweight. Bantamweight, Grand beating T.J. Dillashaw, and Dillashaw being stripped. You know that made it easier. Easier to do, but uh, but when you look at you know the fact that Volkanovski his top contender is Max Holloway, and obviously Holloway deserves the title title shot, but Volkanovski's beat him twice, and and you know when you look at it, I mean you could do the do the trilogy fight easily there, or you could do a fresh matchup you know with Cejudo and maybe give Cejudo that that shot you know at winning you know a th- a third title it'd be a great story you know it'd be something that nobody has ever done you know and it's a fight that like should it happen in my opinion I don't think I think it should be Volkanovsky Hallway three but if it gets made it's not something that would surprise me it wouldn't surprise me at all if it gets made made I you know so so I mean yeah I I know how you feel about Cejudo sometimes and sometimes you know but he's you know you know, he's. I like Cejudo, and I'm, I'm
1: interested yeah. in him, but I don't want to see him I, leapfrog Max Holloway. I also know Max. And Holloway. I just think it's
2: ridiculous. I also know Max Holloway is probably your favorite fighter as well. So, so it's a tough one, right?
1: Well, and and Holloway is, has hinted
2: at moving up too. Like
1: he yeah. wants, you know, he's talking about fights with McGregor and Poirier. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I, I just think the idea of Cejudo, you know, a former flyweight, like I just I'm picturing the visual and. To me, it's funny because Cejudo Volkanovsky, I can kind of see. Cejudo Holloway, like, in my mind, seems ridiculous. Like, to you know, like the two of them in the cage together, like Holloway would be like a foot taller than him, I think. And, uh, you know, and, and he's not like he's not thin um so you know that'd be a really weird fight but sejudo volkanovsky actually you know i can actually see that fight i just don't really want to yeah Um, i mean and again it's not that i don't like Sehudo, it's just that i i'm so interested in volkanovsky holloway um you know, I, I mean, oh, Holloway's going to fight like, you know, a dozen more times in his UFC career and I'm going to love every one of them. So it doesn't really matter who he fights, but I just don't really like the idea of Cejudo, um, you know, jumping right in. I'd like to see him fight at least one featherweight, you know, on his way to a title shot. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't see Cejudo Volkanovski being like a money fight that, you know, is going to be a draw. Like I don't think Sahudo a draw at all. It'd be, I think he's like Colby Covington where it'd
2: be a you very, know, like, it'd be a people very, are interested in him, but it'd be a very strong number 2 fight under under a good yeah. you know, under a good, you know, yeah. title fight, title fight or, uh, or if you, you have know, like like, a, like an Oliveira title defense Yeah, or, or if you have, you know, a card a card with two pretty Pretty good number two fights, two fights on them. Like, you know, if you did Sterling Yon and Volkanovsky Cejudo on, on the same card, you don't necessarily have, you know, a huge title fight with huge names. Maybe Nate like Diaz in, but in you, the third you, fight. Yeah, and you get a third fight of maybe, you know, Masvidal and Covington on the car, on yeah. the car. On the card. I mean, mean you, yeah. know, something, hey, something, you know, something, something, you know, that's a, that September pay-per-view, pay-per-view, which, you know, had Volkanovsky, Ortega and Valentina. But you also had Nick Diaz. I mean, it did pretty good, pretty good numbers because, you know, you had a strong number three, strong number three fight. But I mean, I think Cejudo, you know. I, he's got, he's got a name and him and his fiance just had the fir- had their first kid. And so has been, he's always, he's a guy who's always in the gym, gym. I mean, he's been, tra- he was training with Zongwei Wei Lee for the Rose fight. He's training, training with Davison Figueredo for the Moreno fight. He was training with John Jones recently when Jones was at the camp. You know, he's a guy who's still very involved in the sport. And as we talked about, whenever he first announced his quote unquote retirement, you know, or, his break it's all about the money and about you know coming down to something that interests interest him and you know and like I said should it be made I don't think so could, could I see it being made absolutely 100% hey hey we gotta talk about Connor he's <laughs> His little Q and A stuff is in our is in our news rundown. We you know you know I I, I almost put that as a topic of this segment, but you know yeah, I know I felt like the Cejudo stuff was was I probably, couldn't help myself. It's probably a little, little more notable, you know. Yeah, but we got to talk about Connor. So I mean, yeah, I've had it. Eh, eh. Yeah, it's not much. I mean, he did he did a little he <laughs> did know, a little a, ask notorious Twitter Q and A thing, and basically the it, I saw that I
1: sent something he didn't answer yeah. me. I'm I'm boycotting him. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, I asked him how his wife
2: is. Oh, sure, she's she's apparently <laughs> no. I didn't. She, I, I didn't was about to say if he did, I could tell you the answer. to That she's on the McGregor Fast Program to lose the baby weight. <laughs> 'Cause Connor posted about yep. that. But anyway, the big I, I would say the big thing coming out of it is Connor said he's planning on expecting to be able to start sparring again in April, which, you know, and he said he said as soon as he's able to spar that he should be able to fight pretty quickly after that. Like I said, I've always expected him to turn return at the earliest for July in Las Vegas. You know, him being able to spar in April makes that timeline perfect. Now, he did say some other stuff like, you know, he's getting a title shot in in his first fight back, which nobody believes. Nobody believes at all. But, you know, he's also the biggest BMF title, baby. Yeah, he's also the biggest star in the sport. So the rules don't apply to him. Uh, he, he did talk about Kamaru Usman saying that saying that the Colby oh, yeah. fight, you know. Expose some holes in Usman's game that he would want to exploit. You know, I mean, it's probably true, but I don't know that that Conor McGregor <laughs> can be the guy. You know, you know, the size difference between those two still would be ridiculous. And you know, can't remember some other. He said some other stuff. Other stuff. It, he didn't say anything bad. Oh, he said that. You know, you know, he wants that He's trilogy. Got two f- fights left. Yeah, he wants that trilogy fight with Nate Diaz. He says it's going to ha- happen. You know, you know, someday, someday. That- that's the you know? fight. Yeah. That's the fight for July. That really I mean, is. You know, you don't even need a title fight. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But uh, that's the fight that should be made. Should be made regardless. But uh, yeah, it says he has two fights left in the UFC, but he's obviously not going to go anywhere else, uh, nor could anybody else afford him afford him, you know, and, you know, he's, he, he's nothing without, he's honestly nothing without the UFC machine behind him, you know? So, so, you know, you know, especially lately because they're good for each other, they're good for each other because they can at least, you know, you know, you know, protect, you know, protect him in the footage and all that. And, you know. Stuff being said, you know, behind the scenes, you know, you know, so, I mean, he didn't say a whole lot, nothing controversial or crazy or or anything, you know, sometimes you get these unhinged Connor tweets that he deletes later. But I mean, this was pretty, you know, basic, basic by the book stuff, you know, you know, so uh, there's that.
1: Um, so. A fight you've been calling for uh, is going to be the main event
2: of a fight night in uh, February. Yeah, yeah. Matchmakers, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Whenever I make suggestions, you know, maybe that's why they. Contact me every once in a while. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, Benil Dariush and Islam Makachev, which if you read me, read my column and listen to the show, show every week, you know the moment that Makachev beat Dan Hooker. I said the fight to make is against Benil Dariush, and they're doing that fight in February on February twenty sixth, main event, five round fight. You know, headlining a UFC fight night on either ESPN or ESPN Plus. Very quality fight. I mean, the winner of this fight is. Has to get a title shot. Opens the door for Justin Gaethje, to. They won't. Uh, it depends. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. But, I mean, Darius I has won seven in a row. Makachev has won nine in a row. I mean, he really, ha- yeah. at that point, you have to. Especially if if it's Makachev, he's going to get a title fight. Title fight. Darius, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Darius should. Willie, don't know. But uh, but yeah. Also, also clears it clears the path for Jessica Gaethje to fight the winner between Oliver and, Oliver and Poirier. There's no question, no question about it. What this fight means. So, so. But yeah, Derevshinov yep. like, like. I mean, I I think that's going to be a great fight and you know, two really high quality oh, grapplers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's not the mo it's not the most sexy fight on paper, you know, you know, but, you know, if you're a fan of the sport, I mean, you have to be jazzed about that matchup.
1: Absolutely. Hey, if you're uh, it's 88 days away yeah. Um, as, as you're listening um, and then another big fight I for, guess, uh, I guess it'll be the week after that. Week after
2: Edson that. Barbosa and Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, March 5th. I think that's currently planned to be UFC 272. Edson Barbosa against Bryce Mitchell. Mitchell. You know, he hasn't fought in over a year, but I mean, you know, he's fourteen and zero. talk of you know, talks a big game and has backed it up and Edson Barboza will bring a whole different kind of test to him test to him because Mitchell yep. is a pure grappler who, you know, is we'll just say decent at best on the feet. telegraphs that he telegraphs that take on he's gonna get yeah. his head kicked off yeah he's decent at best on his feet and barbosa will be looking to yeah kick his head into a whole nother- planet you know and so that's that should be an interesting fight and then uh something i don't have listed here but but a couple of fighters talking you know changing weight classes uh kevin holland officially announced he's dropping down to 170 pounds so you know me and you have been talking about on this show that he needs to drop he needs to drop he needs to drop we've been talking about forever i think he even knew it but i mean now's a perfect time you know with him having to with him having coming off losses at one eighty five and him, no, you no, know, s- being tell, tell your
1: tell your buddy to stop, tell your buddy to
2: stop booking him against wrestlers. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah, for
2: for a yeah, while. people, you know, people, you <laughs> know, you know, now's the perfect time. And then Dan Hooker, you know, it, it's not a hundred percent, but he's talking about dropping back down to featherweight. I mean. Probably a smart move if he wants to look at, look at getting back in a title picture. He fought at featherweight before. He was having trouble making making the weight, and that's why he moved it to lightweight and had had a whole lot of success. But now he's lost three of his last four and is out of the title picture. And he can drop down to featherweight. You know, fight some top ten, top five guys, gets a couple wins, and you know he's right there in that mix. You know, it's kind of hot. You, you know, can fight Henry Cejudo. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get, I, there's the worst idea. Yeah, I know. I I know you're all about it all about just, but just thinking about it, you know, I, I can almost guarantee the next time we see Henry Cejudo fighting, we'll be in a title fight.
1: I know. Yeah, it's. I know. It's,
2: what, and it might even be bantamweight. Yeah, it could be bantam. Like, it could be yep. bantamweight, but uh, I mean, I don't think we. Yeah. I don't think we see him coming back, you know, in a in a non-title fight, you know. So, so but yeah, yeah. he
1: hasn't lost that baby weight yet.
2: Yeah, and uh, um, and another thing on uh, that I don't have it in the column that I meant to put in, but I forgot. Got about a uh you know, we've been talking about city kickboxing, you know, the New Zealand thing thing and all the all that, you know, they've been searching for a new home. There was talk about places in the United States. Last I heard, they're probably gonna set up shop in Australia because Australia doesn't have the crazy uh travel restrictions anymore, like New Zealand still does. You know, you right. can you can come and go kind of as you please. You, now. you just have the fourteen day quarantine when you get
1: there. Yeah, I think still, right? I I don't even yeah. know anymore. Um, I, it's just so. There's, there's, there's one. There's one. Well, because I know The Rock had that because that's why he couldn't come yeah, to Survivor Series. Yeah, because he's in Australia right now. Um, there there was one thing in your news item that I wanted to talk about. Uh, real quick was UFC two sixty eight. We talked doing, about last uh, Seven hundred thousand. We talked about Did it last we? week. Oh, That's why
2: I didn't put it I in. in are you sure about that? Yep. Yep. Because that news you came sure out about last. That? Yeah. That news came out last Monday. Oh, okay. It came out. post. Okay. Col- okay. I don't remember, <laughs> but yeah, it came out post column pre-show. <laughs> okay gotcha gotcha oh yeah i do remember
1: because i asked you if that was you know if that was domestic and then we yeah i said maybe might get up to 900 you said 800 overall but yeah
2: um
1: yeah it's hard to you know it's hard to say i'm really curious to find out what that the ufc 267 did internationally mm-hmm. um you know i'm just, I'm just curious I, I don't think the number will ever come out but i'm i that's one i want to find out the, cr- the I,
2: one- I, my guess would be like 150 but yeah the one thing I don't think we really talked about on 268 is had it not gone head to head with Canelo it Oh possibly yeah, million could, buys. Million. It possibly could have done really better because I mean it. It definitely yep. hurt the Canelo fight because the Canelo fight did still did eight hundred thousand, but I mean you know that's that's way less than Canelo normally yep. does. So UFC definitely took a chunk and, out and- of it, and Canelo probably took a took a little chunk. I mean I don't know about a million domestic, maybe a million worldwide, but it could have got to eight eight fifty domestic possibly.
1: I think even having 267 the week before probably hurt the international buys. Yeah, possibly. Because, you know, like even me, like I didn't want to do two pay-per-views in a row. Um, now, if you're thinking ahead, you're going to skip the first one, but you may not realize it. You see, oh, UFC, and then, okay. And then, you know, the next week, it's like, oh, frick, I just bought a UFC last week. And, uh, you know, you might not buy a second one. So, um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, what did the Canelo Alvarez fight do? Like 1.1? I think it did 800. 800 okay so about the same wow okay. yeah yeah because canelo is usually good for a million buys minimum yeah um so so yeah definitely they definitely hurt each other and then it's a good thing AEW moved off that week obviously yeah. we talked about that um okay so yeah um so I, I see your last rundown here um you know what let's just do a best bet i i don't think i'm doing a column this week i i'll be honest with you but um it, yeah i was just looking at the card and um I um, you know what I'm, I'm actually gonna go with is uh I'm gonna go with Pettis at 155 on Bellator. You are. Uh, I like. Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, everybody, throw your money down on Horiguchi before those odds change. What, saying, what do you like? I'm saying for the sake of the show, we should still at least do the best bets. Whether we do, whether we okay, do the column, let's or do not. the best bets. Whether and I'll keep track or, of it. I'll keep track of it. Whether we do the column yeah. or not is is you know we're both. Tired of being losers and you know being ridiculed because yeah because at the end of the day it's still a guessing game, because <laughs> so, anything can happen yep. in a fight, but I'm actually gonna go with uh this is a tough one, I'm gonna go my best bet uh Alonzo minifield at minus one seventy five you know favorite but but i I do think he's gonna beat William Knight.
1: Um, I, I was just looking. Uh, I was very interested in the props, and and I I'm looking at Riddell Fiziev and thinking that fight's going to go the distance. So then I looked at the uh, props, and over two and a half rounds is actually minus two twenty, which I kind of hate, and uh, and then but plus one eighty for under two and a half rounds. I just like I don't know. I kind of feel like it's going to go the distance. So I I, don't, I I I guess I'm coming out of that with saying I don't think either one. But if you look at the main event. Um, over two and a half rounds is uh is plus is minus 245 i think that's almost a lock um what you'd want to do is maybe the over four and a half rounds at minus 145 because i think that all the font's going to go the distance um you know obviously either guy could finish the other one but um i i don't see i think i you know i i'd like that fight to go the distance so that's where i'd throw my money if i'm making a real bet this week but we'll see what happens um. So yeah, that's gonna do it. We've got uh, this show again coming up this weekend, um, and then uh, next weekend, um, I think we're gonna be actually doing a um, a pay per view post show. It might just be me. I don't think you said you're gonna be too busy, right? So it, there will it, be a pay per view post show.
2: It 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 depends. It depends on how I feel. You know, I do all okay. this. I do all this. You know, between social media and doing live live coverage, you know, and sitting at my computer for eight hours riding on on a fight night usually when those fights are done i just want to want to you know decompress relax so so, but yeah so my 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 appearances on post pay-per-view shows are always to to be determined you know you know i might if i'm at shows i might try to slide on slide on in during post fight press conferences to try to get you know so that way you know we can kind of get a little bit of possible tidbits or possible dana dana action on these post fight shows but but I'm a I don't want to get everybody's hopes up I may or may not be on the post fight show for this pay per view <sighs>
1: But we will have one uh, regardless. Uh, So either I will be here and I'll either have Ryan or somebody else with me. And that'll be on the Patreon. So that won't be on the free feed. We'll be putting that up on the Patreon. So uh, if you are supporting the Patreon, you know, because you like the show and you want to help support us, we will be giving you MMA content on there. Uh, So that'll be not this coming weekend, but the weekend after um, December 11th. So, uh, you know, look out for that and uh, we'll tweet about it and everything. So uh, for Ryan... I'm Paul. This
2: has been in the clinch, and take us home, Ryan. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and enjoy the fights this week weekend. And have a great week.
1: Later.